The Gunning Geek Network presents the latest installment of All Things Good and Nerdy. With your hosts, Naki, Turnout is really, really great for Ford, and Chris. So I'm going to say this as nice as I can. You go to hell, sir. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> They're here each week to talk about the latest in nerd news. And sometimes they bring a special guest host along, too. As Magneto once said, Ha ha ha, welcome to die! No pants, all bacon and dick butts. I want to cut you all. I'm just going to cut you all. Meat candy, woohoo! You have boobs! So kick your feet up and relax as you take in the latest crazy episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Stories about how I was driving through Chicago yesterday, and um, which first off was a mistake in itself. You should never drive in Chicago. It's kind of like driving in New York City. It's just a free for all. And the taxi cabs are the kings of the street. And they're terrible, and I hate them. And that's my story. <laughs> I am the best at stories. Nice. I used to spend a lot of time actually on the streets of Chicago, but I was rollerblading. Still probably safer than being in a car. More than likely. That used to be one of my funnest things to do when I was in the Navy uh, up at Great Lakes. I would grab my rollerblades in a backpack and sometimes, uh, like, super early Saturday morning, hop on the train, go down to Chicago, spend the entire day in the city, and just carry a pair of Chuck Taylors in my backpack. So, like, when I wanted to go into Tower Records or a movie theater or something, pop the shoes on, put the rollerblades in the backpack. Sometimes I'd spend the whole day down there. There's couple times I spent the whole weekend down there. There's enough stuff to do in Chicago. You can spend you can be there all night and just, you know, not sleep. It's true. But yeah, my days of doing that stuff's over. Also, um Oh yeah. It's I like I was got hit like four times and it was all by taxis. And then I'm watching taxis like nearly plow over people while, like crossing the street when it's the person's right of way and I'm just like I think you have to be an asshole to be a taxi driver. Oh, most definitely. And completely insane. Yes. And, <laughs> ha- like, there was one time uh, my friends were in town and they took a cab and they got out of the cab and they all thought they were going to die, I guess, during it because um, the guy was blasting techno music and, like, had the, and was, like, going as fast as you possibly can, like, floor, like, flooring it down, like, side streets. I thought I was going to die in New York. I don't know if that was, you know, I I still don't know which is worse, you know, to to be in a car in New York or Chicago. And completely. Yeah, Chicago's pretty bad. I've never been to New York, though, so I can't compare. But I know Chicago is definitely crazy. It is. It is not fun to drive in at all. (laughs) Uh, so with all that being said, welcome to All Things Good and Nerdy, episode 116, the You 2 Can Break the Internet podcast. Yes. Because it basically took me an hour to make this damn thing work, because I had to do the tech side this morning, and I was not aware of that, so I did not get up an hour early. That's my fault. Sorry. Actually, it's your uh, dog's fault and Chris's fault for not being here and leaving, you know, us to do it yeah. by ourselves, so... Yeah. Definitely, that, I blame that, your dog and Chris. That's fine. I can accept that. <laughs> For those of you unaware, Pup Dog has decided that spilling water on my laptop is perfectly normal. 
has done this, and now I can't get my laptop to run. That, and then the, as, as the convoluted events continue, as we try to set up the tech side this morning, you know, you have to get the Google Hangout going, and you got to post it live to YouTube, and get the chat room and the web page and all the HTML updated for the chat room, blah, blah, blah. Go to post the episode, and YouTube's like, you know, we can't do that until you verify your account. It's like, well, I don't have a fucking cell phone. And the first option, of course, is the text message. Second option is that they'll call you with a voice message with the fucking code number. So, of course, I go out to grab my house phone, which somebody left sitting on a shelf the other night, and the battery is completely dead. So, lovely. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) what technology is telling us is that this show should not actually be happening right now. This is true. But yet we we fight... We will. We we did it because we're a team. Yeah. We Go will, team. We will fight at ATG and we'll be semi live, roughly almost 10 p.m. Mountain Time. You do the math on the rest of it because I'm not doing. It. Yeah, it's almost 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a this little usually, late. We're. Well, this is usually when we're signing off. Yeah, and being which like, is gotta probably go, why guys. we have nobody in the chat room. Which. That's all right. At least I got the chat room to work. I'm just happy that I made that fucking thing work. So See, I'm good. I can, I can never do that. See, <laughs> Anthony has already bested me in <laughs> running this show. Whereas I, every time that I have done this, I have made the live page disappear. So Anthony wins. Yeah. Right. He might be almost as good as a wizard as Chris is. <laughs> I got bad tech foo. Tech foo. It's just yeah, it's the whole not having a cell phone really slows you down on the tech foo when you're trying to update shit. I don't know why they yeah, can't just email my tablet. I got a Nexus, you pricks. No, we want to text message your cell phone. Why well, don't I have a fucking cell phone? Because I don't have an electronic leash. If there's yeah. no Wi-Fi, you can't find me, bitches. I go to work and I disappear every day. It's so weird now. I go to work and I have no access to Facebook. I have no access to Twitter. I'm not GPS located. It's it's strange. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you follow Anthony on Facebook, you'll know when he gets home from work because suddenly your Facebook feed kind of blows up. Yep. I go through like the last eight hours and I click like on everything I like. Yeah, so every morning for me is like to start a cabin in the woods. Going away somewhere on a road that's not global position somewhere they can't globally position my ass for a weekend. Get away from it. Also known as I love that movie. I thought that movie was severely underrated. Oh, I think it's one of the best horror films of the last ten years, at least. I actually, I've, I've probably, since I bought it, because like I got the digital download, I got the DVD, I got the Blu-ray, it's on my tablet as one of the like eight films that I have that's on there permanently that I can watch at any time. I watched it at work twice last week during my lunch breaks. So that four of the five days during lunch I was watching Cabin in the Woods. I've that contemplated was... multiple Cabin in the Woods tattoos at this point. I'm trying to figure out which one I want. Um, I've watched it on Netflix a bunch of times. I can't really put in as much dedication as you have, but I was like that with Pacific Rim, so... Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm bad about rewatching films. I watched the... I watched Von Damme's Kickboxer, I think, a hundred times before my VHS tape broke. Aww. 
I rewatched the hell out of movies. <laughs> I like rewatching movies, but then like people get annoyed with me because you know I'll rewatch the same movie and they're like, "Well, why don't you watch something else?" And it's like because I like this movie. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's the whole point of owning DVDs is that I can go back and rewatch whenever I want. And if I want to rewatch it four times in a row, you just have to fucking deal, people. You deal with it and you like it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we ready to move on to the news of the week? We know you got big news. I do have big news. Yeah, we have no uh, sound effects, so news of the week! There you go. News, news team, assemble! <laughs> ah! I saw All this right. picture of Steve Carell holding the grenade. Ah! You killed somebody with a trident! <laughs> was asking for it. Uh, All right, so my news of the week is probably, if you were anywhere near social media or you heard anything this week, you probably heard my news of the week, which is we now have a Lady Thor. Yay! Actually, I've heard pretty mixed reviews on people liking Lady Thor. I think what people are failing to remember, though, is that we're saying Lady Thor is kind of like a code name because... I don't really... I mean, it's it's just a woman who picks up the hammer. It's not Thor. She's not... Her name isn't going to be Thor. Um, well, see, I didn't hear whether or not Marvel confirmed anything yet. That was yeah, my nothing, question. They said it's going to be a female holding the hammer. But I haven't heard if there's any, any actual factual information past that other than fanboy speculation and rage. Yeah, as of as of this morning when I was looking at it, there hasn't been anything confirmed. Um, I fucking hate you, fanboys. I really do. I'm not gonna lie, because like everything that I've read has been the most sexist, misano- like misogynistic, horrible shit. And it was the same thing that happened when they announced Falcon as Captain America as the most racist shit that I've ever read. Like Captain America can't be black. That's not American. What? Which is funny if you go back and read, what is it, Red, White, and Truth? Yeah, Red, White, and Truth. Which I love that because it, it really made sense. They wouldn't, if they were doing the first experiments in Superhero Serum back in that time, they would have experimented on black people because that's how our government did shit. That's why we had, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen, you know? They, yeah. like, they weren't going to possibly destroy a white man's life if they could use the serum on a black guy. So there's there's one thing right there. The second thing is who the fuck cares that he's black? Like Falcon is fucking badass. Like I don't care what you think. What's funny is I I totally disagree with Falcon being caps, but for a totally different reason. So I'm okay with my reasoning. I don't give a shit that he's black. I don't think he can throw the shield the way Caps or Bucky could. Bucky could only be Caps because he had the cyber arm. How's Falcon going to fight with the shield as well as those two did? That's my only well, worry. They might they might have something for that too. I mean, uh, I haven't because I yeah. don't read Captain America. I don't currently know what's going on with Falcon. Yeah. Um, but I've I think seen this basically he's got a mix of the cap suit with his wings. So as far as I can tell, he's still going to have his wings and he's going to have the shield. That right. it, just, it looks awkward in the photos and the or photos. In the drawings I've seen some people do so far, it's like, how do you fight with a shield on your arm when you have to keep, you know, he's got to keep himself balanced for his wings when he's flying. Like, that. my only concern is just how does he use the shield? I don't give a fuck that he's black. 
I just don't want a Captain America that can't use a shield in combat because that is kind of part of the character. Like, you know, female Thor doesn't bug me at all, but if you told me it was Thor and then she didn't have the hammer, then I'm telling you that's not Thor. <laughs> that's not Thor. But, I mean, like, yeah. they're like, well, they're just doing this as a, as a marketing ploy. I'm like, and I'm like, so, like, everything that they do is a marketing ploy. Why are you, like, yeah. that's one thing. And the big two are like, giant they just corporations want, you know, owned by even two bigger giant corporations. Everything they do has to be for making money. They're just usually trying to make money by telling good stories. Not always, but sometimes. I, you know, I honestly think that they could have a possibility for a good story here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the case in this. I, I'm really far behind in my Marvel comics. Like, I've, I've just got this stack just that keeps piling, so I don't know what exactly is happening in the Thor universe, but I'm just... The way I understood it, basically, Angela got introduced, because she's the new Marvel property, and they're saying that, the way I understand it is basically the writers are just making Odin more like um, uh, uh, Zeus. Basically, Odin was a man whore, and would just go around and knock people up, and that's why he's got so many kids. And hello, look, you guys have a sister. And here comes Angela. Which, it well, totally makes sense. He's a god. Odin yeah. gets around. He do what he wants. Well, I mean, like, Angela was also introduced through Guardians of the Galaxy, which I really liked her in Guardians of the Galaxy. I know a lot yes. of people didn't. And I didn't read any of the stuff with her in Guardians, so I have no clue what they did with her over there. Like, she she doesn't know where she came from. Like, she basically has um, amnesia to suddenly appearing in this universe, and she doesn't know why. She knows it has to do with Thanos. And the um, and the Age of Ultron because it happened because of Age of Ultron, um, and that okay, was the so like they're saying that messing with that timeline and stuff is what brought her into the Marvel U, right? And kind of works like the big explosion brought Captain Adam into Wildstorm, and then it's kind of the Wildstorm universe got pulled into DC. Right, like it, it, it made sense. <laughs> um, I'm that's where I left off on Guardians, so I'm not sure what quite has progressed from there. But, that, but that's what happens in Guardians. You know, it made sense. Um, I think they might have pulled in kind of a cross with the, with the Guardians and Thor, um, which would make sense. I, like, I, I don't think anything that they're saying is, is unreasonable. I don't think Lady Thor is unreasonable. But like, from what I'm saying, seeing from like the, the fanboys, is they're like, Thor can't be a woman. I'm sorry, Thor was a fucking frog at one point. Thor can be whatever... That was the best one ever. Did you see the Facebook post? Uh, no. It was. It's like when they do the superheroes uh, text messaging each other. Mm-hmm. And it was one between the new female Thor and Tony Stark. And she's like, verily, Tony, I am now a woman. <laughs> Tony Stark's like, yeah, so? No big deal. <laughs> and Thor comes back with, like, you're, you're not worried about the, the change in my gender, how it'll affect us as a team. And Tony Stark answers back with, dude, you were a frog for three weeks. What does this matter? Right. <laughs> like, I don't understand the... I, <clears throat> I, hate, <clears throat> I say I hate fanboys in just the sense that they brought so much rage out for something you don't even know anything about or has been confirmed. Like, yeah. A lot of my friends we've been talking about, it's, it's, it's one of the simple things that, I mean, it's like when I try to do Bachman's best. I try to write my article for Getting Geek every week to you know, aim at something positive. The easiest thing in the world is to sit on the internet and complain about the stuff you don't like, stuff you don't enjoy, and pick apart things that you know you have problems with. It's 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 the default position for most critics, most reviewers, 
Because it's the easiest thing in the world to tell people what you don't like. It's much harder to find out, go out there, find the shit you like, and fucking try to spread a little joy. You know, spread the message of books that you like that are good, movies that you like that are good, music that you like that's good. You know, find the shit that you like and try to get people to also possibly enjoy it. It's just, it's so much easier to be negative, and especially with fanboys where you've got 60 years of, you know, of Marvel continuity in history saying that this character is these, like, specific three things. You know, it's like Captain America is a white guy from the Bronx who fights bullies, and that's, you know, that's who Captain America is. Well, Steve Rogers lost the fucking serum again, which, if you guys go back and read, you know, old Captain America, there was a while where he was a werewolf. There was a fucking stint where he lost the superhero serum, and they put him in an outfit that basically looked like fucking Super Pro. He looked like oh a my goddamn blue-armor douchebag. I yeah. forgot about that. That was amazing. Yeah, because he <laughs> lost the serum, and so I, that's, I can't remember if Tony made him the suit. I don't remember if it was a Stark suit or not, but yeah, he looked like Super Pro except with the Captain America helmet with an A on it. And it was fucking ridiculous. And honestly, I'm telling you, it's Marvel Comics. At some point, Steve's going to get the serum back, and he's going to put the suit back on. The motherfucker was assassinated at the end of Civil War by his girlfriend, died, Bucky took his shield, Caps bounces through time for six issues, comes back, puts the suit back on, gets the shield back. Steve Rogers is fucking Captain America. But for the moment, you know, Falcon's Captain America. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with Falcon being Captain America. I what gets me is like when they say like you know Captain America can't be black. Well, no, the character of Steve Rogers isn't black. Steve Rogers is a white kid from the Bronx. Now, if you tell me he's black, that doesn't make any sense to me. But having a black character take up the mantle of Captain America, there's no fucking problem there. The only problem I see with Lady Thor is if you know picking up the hammer makes you Thor then Beta Ray Bill should have been referred to as Thor during the period when he had the hammer. But also, it was 20 years ago. You're not going to go back and rewrite the Walt Simons and shit because it's, like, holy grail epic. You can't fucking touch it. It's amazing. So, you know, hey, if it ends up being that it, it is Angela under the mask and she's Thor, whoop you fucking do Thor's still around. I just don't know what they're going to call him. Is he still going to be the All-Father? Because the last I was reading the Thor stuff, he was the All-Father because Odin was gone. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just... <clears throat> I don't understand. And, and like you said, it's it's easiest to, to talk about things you don't like. Yeah. And it's, the thing is, is that you, you have no reason not to like it yet. I mean, when I... And we all know how I feel about the current, you know, the new Cap... Or the new <clears throat> Ninja Turtles thing that's coming out. Yeah. And, Which, yeah, a lot know, of us have raged about. I've complained, saying I'm not going to spend a dime on it because they're 300-pound hulks. To me, that's right. not a ninja. But that's I'm not the, saying... I think it's sad because I've watched the new preview. I actually think it looks fucking funny. It looks it looks like it might be fun. But I'm not going to spend a dime on it because I don't want Michael Bay making any more movies. And I also right. think the noses look ridiculous. But it's still something that when it pops up on Netflix, which I'm already paying for, so it's not going to cost me any extra, I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll pop up on Netflix. I'll watch the first, you know... I'll, I'll watch it and then I'll be and then I'll make an actual judgment call. But based on everything that I'm, like they're saying that the shredder that we were talking about with the rockets or whatever, um, that it, that it's not actually shredder. Well, then who the fuck are you gonna put in there? Because everybody knows shredder, and not yeah. everybody like everybody knows shredder. Everybody knows Krang. Those are the two villains of the that universe that people know. 
so what are they creating a new villain like I don't understand what's happening there um, I think it's just going to be that there's going to be multiple shredders I think is is what I think they're kind of hinting at because when it showed um what's his name Fincher talking about how we updated your suit I think right. it's you have like one shredder in Japan one shredder in America and like whoever is the head of the organization of the foot in like the local area might just be referred to in title as the shredder <laughs> or they might just wear the armor who knows I, I, I mean, when it comes to movies like that, yes, I will shit all over it because it's it's different. It's not it's not a race thing. It's not a gender thing. It's a you're taking my childhood and turning it into an explosive pile of shit thing. Yeah. It, it's like every time I'm reading from like these comments that I'm seeing, and you you should never read the comments anyways. But everything yeah. that I'm reading is just, like, bashing on the fact that she's a woman. And I'm like, um, I think that's cool as fuck. And not just because I'm a woman, but because, you know, it's okay for somebody else to take up Thor's hammer. Because yeah. there are other people in the world who are qualified to pick up Thor's hammer. Yeah, just I, I think it's weird only because if, if picking up the hammer makes you Thor. So Thor is basically, it's like Captain America. It's a title that comes along with the job. So if you hold the hammer and you're now right. the protector of Asgard and Misgard and that makes you Thor, then just let me know what old Thor's new name is because I want to know who the fuck he is when right. he's, if he's not Thor. That's my only concern is who the hell is Thor if he's not Thor? I don't give a fuck who's got the hammer. I don't, I don't think that... I think they're just calling her Lady Thor as a code name because they haven't actually announced who it is. And I don't think that they're actually going to call her Thor. I think they're just going to refer to her... They're just referring to her as that... To make yeah. the hype, because it's a hype machine. That's what this is. It's all course, hype. Yeah. And social media went insane. So, yeah, they got tons of coverage on it, which, yeah, I think it's nothing but a blurb from the Loki book that just has her on the cover. Like, I don't even think Marvel's released much of anything about it. But, yeah, it's, it went crazy. It went absolutely batshit insane. Same with, yeah. Ke- same with Falcon, and I'm just like... And it, but everything that I'm reading is the most negative, racist, mis, mis, ah, misanthropic. Thank you. <laughs> terrible, terrible things. And I'm just like, I, I don't like. I can't believe that people actually think that way. That's the thing that bothers me the most is that we live in a society where people think you can only be one thing or the other. You can't be anything else. Yeah, it's it, it's weird because I have I have a very different. I don't know. I mean, at least I think I have a different view on it. It's the the whole nerd rage. It's it's the easy default setting, like I said. And then it's one of those things. Like I think about when I, the easiest way for me to explain it is Spider Man. Because when like they were creating Miles Morales, which was the second partially Spanish character to be Spider Man, everybody forgets fucking where is it? my boy fucking Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, half Irish, half Spanish. He was the first Spider Man that wasn't Peter Parker. But, like, people freaked out, and then they talked about doing the new Amazing Spider-Man films. They were talking about having uh, Donald Glover as Spider-Man. And, like, there was nerd outrage that a black person can't be Spider-Man. And I, it was, I, in a way, agreed with it, but not the way that most nerds were raging about it. It was that a black kid can't be Peter Parker. Anybody can be Spider-Man. Anybody can put on the suit. Miles Morales is a great fucking Spider-Man. I love his character. Ultimate Spider-Man is still one of my favorite comics ever. From I have every single issue since Bendis started it. 
But when you, if you tell me that Peter Parker's black, that doesn't work. Peter Parker's a white kid. That's the character. Now, if you have a different character with a different origin who also puts on a suit and becomes Spider-Man, there's no problem there. Miles Morales is Spider-Man. He's the Ultimate Universe Spider-Man, and he's fucking amazing. It's he's just, a great it's one of those, Yeah, he's, he's a great character. Fucking the shit that's gone down with him and his parents, fucking getting you know getting him into this private school, the stuff that he's had to go through as a character. He's already had like the Spider-Man No More storyline happen to him. Basically, it's a fucking well-written character. It's had amazing art on the book, basically from day one. It's it's an awesome character, but it's it's a very different thing where people are like, oh, Spider-Man can't be black. No, fucking anybody that puts on the Spider-Man suit and basically, especially in a world where Peter Parker's dead, can be Spider-Man. And if you're out there saving people, using power for responsibility, and, you know, kicking ass on a daily, you're motherfucking Spider-Man. I don't give a damn what color you are. you purple, green, fucking you'd be a cube, I don't give a shit. That doesn't matter. It's the fact that if somebody wants to, like they were saying in the movies, they're going to make Peter Parker black. Well, no, Peter Parker's not black. It's like, well, what if it's the best actor for the job? Well, if it's the best actor for the job, then when they shoot the cast for Black Panther... If you tell me that John Leguizamo is the best actor for the job and Chicala is now Spanish, then I'll agree with you. Because it hardly ever seems to work the other direction. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, I mean, his name is King. Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was amazing. You have to give him that. Yeah, no, uh, that that was one of the best actor for the job. There are very few humans able to reach that size and mass to where you look like the Kingpin and then have the acting ability. Basically, the only other human roughly that size is Big Ben Vader, the pro wrestler, and he really can't act. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm looking at it now. They're doing Vincent D'Onofrio for the TV show. D'Onofrio's a big fucking guy. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so if he puts on some weight, shaves his head, you know, he won't be as physically imposing as Michael Clark Duncan, but also, sadly, we don't have that option. Michael Clark Duncan's dead. So, you know, you have to move on to a different actor, and, you know, Get somebody that's, you know, like Oscar level at acting. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio's fucking amazing. So now, you know, doesn't I don't really care that he's white. I care that he's a hellacious actor and he's huge. The Kingpin just has to be huge and physically imposing. You add in great acting on top of that, I think he's going to be fucking spectacular. Did you see the news story, and I didn't get a chance to check out if it was true or not, that the new Fantastic Four movie is going to have a whole new origin story. Uh, basically, I, I did see uh, there was a tweet from, I think it's Kate Mara, the, the chick that was from uh, House of Cards that's playing uh, Sue Storm, who, uh, when she asked the director if she should reference any of the, the comics, I guess she was told flat out that nothing that they're going to do is going to have any reference to anything that's ever been written about the Fantastic Four, which some people are happy about. And I don't, it's one of those things, like, I don't want to nerd rage about it, because, yeah, I don't know what the movie's going to be. I'm a little scared, because they said, you know, I talked about it before, that the, the guy who directed it's the guy who directed The Chronicle, which Chronicle is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It was fucking gorgeous. It was well-written. Max Landis fucking kicked ass on that script. Great fucking movie. But then when there's an interview saying that, well, Fantastic Four is going to have found footage in it, because that's the only thing that director can do. It's like, well, he's only done one fucking movie so far. Maybe he can do other things... They just haven't given him a chance. So it's it's like it's all like circumstantial information coming out so far. The only thing I'll say is if you you know you have a, you want to do a movie based on a franchise, because that franchise has a fan base, 
because it has, you know, 60 years of background, storyline, and convoluted, convoluted continuity, which, yeah, of course, you're never going to be able to cover all of that, especially with the Fantastic Four, the original Super Team. There's nothing way right. you can cover, you know, a percentage of that in a movie. But the idea that some random scriptwriter in Hollywood is going to write a better story for the FF than the last 60 years' worth of stories, I find highly implausible. That's... I, I, good yeah. luck to him. I just, I don't see it's possible. It's one of those things that's like, well, okay, so they're changing the race of some of the characters. I don't give a shit. Michael P. Jordan's amazing. I can't wait to see him as Torch. I think it's weirder that the guys playing Reed Richards and Ben Grimm basically should be reversed because the actor playing Reed Richards plays the big dumb friend in like four movies I've seen and he's good at it and he's also like six something and then they got little Billy Elliot the dancing machine is going to be Ben Grimm all like four foot five of him that makes no sense like I think those two actors need to be reversed I'm much more worried about those two actors than I am Michael B. Jordan Michael B. Jordan's fucking spectacular but it's like, okay, so you're changing the race, you're changing the origin, and you're not basing it on anything ever written before. So what you're saying is you're only cause, calling the movie Fantastic Four, one, to try to get instant fucking box office money off of a name that you're not going to basically reference at all, and number two, because you're a corporate asshole and you don't want Marvel to have the rights to their characters back. Yes. Basically, yeah. when I when I heard the news, I was like, "So basically, it's not the Fantastic Four. <laughs> it, it's the equivalent a, of you know you know what it is? It's the Incredibles Part Two. Because you know what the Incredibles yeah. was? It's the fucking Fantastic Four. It was Pixar I, just swapped I, the powers around. It was ridiculous how close the power sets were for a four member family. That I really think Stanley and Marvel should have sued them." Because it was basically a Fantastic Four story that they stole. <laughs> but it was a great, it was a great yeah. movie, and I'm really, and they it actually did a it. great movie. But yeah, the, they, this right now, this Fantastic Four movie that's coming out, they could call it The Incredibles Two, and it would be just as much of a reference to the FF because apparently it's not going to actually be the FF. Right, and that's a, like that's more disappointing to me than like, and everyone was like, "Well, Michael B. Jordan can't be Torch." I'm like, "Why? He's." He's a great actor. He, he'd be fine as it. Like, that wasn't the problem for me. The problem yeah. is that it's not fi- Fantastic Four. It's yeah. it, it's the fact that they're not using 60 years huh. of comic as, a, as even just a simple baseline. Yeah. But, yeah, the idea of, yeah, like, we're going to change the origin. Fuck you. There's no reason to change that origin. That origin is held fucking steady for 60 years, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with their origin. Their origin story is, is everybody knows it. And that's the thing with, like, but, I mean, then we go back to, do we want another origin movie, which we got fucking, we've had Batman origin, we've had Superman origin, we've had every origin story, and people are tired of them. Well, the, the, the fact is that comic book geeks are tired of them. Movie right. executives will never be tired of them because they never believe that the audience is smarter than their four-year-old. And they believe that the audience at the start of every trilogy needs a new origin story, because right. they, there's no movie executive anywhere that would be that would make the decision that you know what, the world in general knows where this character came from. 
we don't read, we don't need to retell the origin. We just need to tell a good story. They always say, nope, we need the origin, and then we might be able to go into a good story. And I don't understand <laughs> it. That drives, that drives me crazy. That's I'm so tired of origin stories. Well, that that's the problem with big corporations being in charge of what should be creative process thinking, and instead they're you know test testing audiences and reading surveys and trying to make sure they hit all four quadrants and you know because they think that that's what's going to make them fucking you know do the next hundred billion dollar movie. They, right. they don't care about the, the storyline. They don't care about the source material. They only care about the source material and the fact that they know that if they put a Fantastic Four name on it, hey, it's a comic book name. It'll make money. Because yeah. that's the point where we're at right now. If you slap the name Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Wolverine. anything, Wolverine on a film franchise, you know you're going to make you know, $30 million just off the name. If you had no actors, no script, no nothing, you just made $30 million. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean... Let's see, and that's they're, where they're... Marvel is different. Marvel is doing shit that... Because I mean, that's what we have to remember. The Fantastic Four movies, not Marvel. Spider-Man movies, not Marvel. All the X films. Everything that everybody complains about with the X franchise, Marvel really hasn't had much to do with that. Because, you know, A.B. Arab and uh, Kevin Feige have been on set, and, you know, they've done what they can to keep it, you know... Keep things going, but that's you know, 20th Century Fox and Sony are making those decisions. So Sony on Spider-Man, 20th Century Fox on a FF and um, all the X-Men franchises. Marvel has no say so. So while Disney's staying out of Marvel's way and letting Marvel Studios do what they do with their movies, those other properties that are held by other companies, you know, as long as they can put out a movie every three to five years, they never lose the license. And as long as they can make a hundred million dollars off the name Spider-Man or Wolverine or X-Men. They will keep putting out a movie every three to five years. They do not give a shit how good it is. They don't give a shit about us. Nope. <laughs> they don't care about the fanboy. And it, it's, it's, it's a very sad thing, but honestly, uh, one of the best answers I saw was when people were flipping out about Michael B. Jordan and him being the Human Torch, which I'm completely fine with. The only problem I had when they said Michael B. Jordan's going to be the Human Torch, I said, okay, who's playing Sue Storm? Because I was hoping for a black actress. And they're like, no, it's yeah. going to be Kate Mira from fucking House of Cards. Which, she's an okay actor. She's not bad. But one, I don't look at her and see Sue, Sue Storm. Because Sue Storm is like the original hot chick from the Marvel Universe. She's been hot for 60 years. That, that's, that's a very high level you got to hit if you're going to be Sue Storm. And fuck everybody, I love Jessica Alba in a skin-tight outfit. I had no problem with the first two FF movies, other than Galactus being a big pile of dust. But... <laughs> When you tell me that Kate Mira is going to be Sue Storm, I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Tell me, show me where in the script it says that one of them is adopted, because they're supposed to be brother and sister. That's my only problem. I don't give a damn that he's black and she's white, but why is it that one of them, you know, they're not matching colors if they're supposed to be siblings? And someone, you know, mentioned the idea of you know the Doctor Storm, the actor they cast being a black guy, and that uh, Sue Storm would be an adopted daughter. Okay, cool, that works. And when they asked Michael B. Jordan about it, they said, like, it was he was walking into a restaurant. It was, awesome. it was awesome as well as ones on Tumblr where they did the gifts and they had the words underneath it. And they said, you know, what do you think about the, the, the nerd outrage about all the, the fanboys saying that uh, the human torch doesn't, uh, can't be black? And his simple answer was, it doesn't matter. They're going to come see it anyways. That's true. Yeah, because, you know, for, for, for all the nerd rage out there and all the fanboy fucking complaining... Most of the time, those people are the first ones in line to get their tickets, 
so that they can go see the movie on opening weekend on Friday, help them break that $100 million for the opening weekend, which the studios love, which is why they keep fucking making these movies, because you keep going to see them, and then those nerds can turn right back around Saturday morning and write their blog posts about it, or complain on Twitter, or get on their Facebook and complain about it, or get on their live fucking podcast and complain about it. That's It's the world we live in now, and so the people that will you know hate on something, just repeatedly hate on it, hate on it, hate on it, are using that to basically try to build up their own social media presence, make a name for themselves or whatever, and just, you know, that's that's where they, they see themselves as complainers. That's what they do. That's their job now. Yeah. Well, that's what we are. We're professional complainers. That's what we do. Oh, that's what a lot of people do. But, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, you know, there's, there's a difference between reporting news, like, Thor is now a chick and saying, I can't fucking believe this shit. I'm never reading Marvel Comics again. Blah, 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 blah. So it's a very different thing. It is. I don't, I don't think I, we hardly do ever too much complaining on this show. No, it's not generally complaining. It's always like, it's, it's very valid <sighs> reasons why we get upset, I think. I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's, man, Captain America can't be black. Why? I don't, I don't, what? Yeah, what? see, I don't care Captain America's black. I don't. I don't know how the hell Sam Wilson's going to throw that damn shield while he's flying. That that's my concern. The physics of it, he's which shouldn't really be a concern because it's a comic book. But right. Well, he's going to just drop it like an egg on people. It's a bomb. <laughs> he's going to strap it to his feet, fly out of the sky, bump him on the head with a fucking shield. Yes, that's 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 what I'm imagining in my head right now. I'm good with, <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I I have you know problems with. Either of those two, you know, uh, Lady Thor, whatever you want to call her, or Sam, but it has nothing to do with their race or their gender. <laughs> I mean, I, I have storyline questions. That, that's my problem. And I just, yeah, yeah I, I don't see any problem with the, the occasional nerd rage. It just, it's like you talk about people saying, uh, you know, Michael Bay is raping my childhood. Well, you know what? Quit leaving your childhood with a strange man in a room, passed out drunk with its pants around its ankles, and expecting good things to happen. My childhood is the TMNT tapes that I got on VHS that are in the other room, and they're safe and secure. Michael Bay can't fucking touch those. Yeah. I got some old I mean, black and white TMNT comics. He can't fuck with those either. They're in a box. My childhood's I mean, secure. <laughs> it's just really frustrating that, you know, you it, it's, it's the same thing that I feel with the Fantastic Four. You have 30 years of of story that you could just pick up any comic and just be like, all right, let's do this story. This story was good. And make it into a movie. You could do that with Fantastic Four with their 60 years of comics. Pick up a storyline. This one's good. Let's make it a movie. Hooray! But yeah, it's, it's not, that's just not how the movie the movie machine works. Nope. And, and for, you know, sometimes for good reason. Look at all the complaints about Zack Snyder's Watchmen. I love I like that movie. The, it's gorgeous. I like the movie. I he nails the good. book, like, what, 98%? Yeah, it was just the end that everybody yeah. got mad at. He changed the end, and he actually made it make a little bit more sense, and it wasn't quite as goofy, which, when the Watchmen comics were originally done in the 80s, right? I mean, it that ending made total sense, and it's perfectly worked in a comic book. And, you know, and Alan Moore even said, he like, that comic book was designed to be basically, like, unfilmable. It wasn't meant to ever be a movie. It was meant to only be a comic book. 
And so you have Zack Snyder, who that's probably the most faithful interpretation of a comic book that we've seen brought to screen to date. There's, I mean, there's lots of references in Batman Begins and the X-Men films. Like, even Days of Future Past is fucking Days of Future Past. Kitty Pride goes back in time, not Wolverine. And Kitty Pride doesn't have the ability to send people back in fucking time, people. That's not no. one of her abilities. So, I it mean, everything's not. a reference, but at least then, X-Men Days of Future Past, it was, you know, they took the heart of a story and, you know, they changed it to meet, you know, certain criteria. It's like, hey, Wolverine's still the number one character. Hugh Jackman's the fucking biggest draw. He's going to get us the money, so he's the hero of the movie now, not Kitty Pryde. Everybody should have seen that coming. It, and for all those movie executives, that, that answer to their question totally makes sense. Well, we can't send Ellen Page back in time. Nobody even knows Ellen Page is an X-Men. It's like, well, the people who've been watching your movies do. They're like, yes, but we don't think the people who watch our movies know or remember anything. So we're going to go off the idea that they don't know shit, and so we're going to send Wolverine back in time. But I mean, it was... What was that? Because it's Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, so they, you know, they at least they referenced the story. There was the heart, you know, of Days of Future Past, and they tweaked it a little bit. Which you know, they got Batman Begins. You know, tweaks on you know the Frank Miller Dark Knight stuff. You know, just all those little things where you know you get the good references in there. They make for great films usually. But yeah, the idea is like, oh well, we're just going to ignore sixty years of writing. It's like, well, then why are you working on this franchise? We don't right. need the, your new idea for the turtles being genetically engineered super soldiers. No, they're fucking a crashed aquarium, had some ooze drip into it, and turtles. Bam. And suddenly turtles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, it's like middle management trying to prove that there's a reason they exist. Or honestly, it's, I guess, yeah, it's, it, it goes down to one of my favorite quotes when uh, how many uh, movie producers or Hollywood executives does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Does it have to be a light bulb? Because <laughs> that's the way they fucking think. The movie's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, do they have to be mutants? Can we make them non-ninjas? Do they have to be turtles? Can they be in their 40s? We're trying Can to hit all be... of our demographics here. Can they be aliens? Yeah, because that's the way they think. They don't think, hey, here's great source material. Let's start with this and then see if we can maybe tweak a couple things and make it a little better for film. Because, yeah, sometimes you get, like, you know, Watchmen, I think, was, like, 98% book-to-movie translation, and so many fanboys shit on that movie. And it's funny, because I watched the comic book movies, and it's like, oh, you know, Amazing Spider-Man, I want it to be, like, basically, you know, straight comic book reference, and then it would be perfect. Well, that's basically what Watchmen was, but then people shit on it. I think Watchmen is basically the perfect comic book film because it's a film based entirely on a comic book. Because it actually is a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking comic book brought to life by actors on screen. That's exactly what you get if you want a perfect reference to a comic book. Slight change at the end just because, you know, Dr. Manhattan versus an alien invasion. Humans have to band together against a common enemy. They change the common enemy. That's not a huge deal. At the same time, like, look at Mark Miller's Wanted. Oh, the superhero film bur bubble's going to burst. We can't do a movie based on supervillains. We'll change them to assassins. They took one of the coolest fucking comic books ever and turned it into basically, well, it's, it's a piece of shit if you compare it to Wanted, the comic book. But what they did was make a pretty good action film about assassins. 
but it has nothing really to do with the comic book wanted other than the title wanted. I was going to say, That's like, what happens when Hollywood gets to change everything they want to change? You get wanted. It was a very, it had some really cool special effects. Yeah, it had some great special effects, but have you read the comic? I haven't read the comic wanted, no. Yeah, in the comic, Wesley Gibbons is a supervillain who has the same powers as his father. His superpower is the ability to figure out how to kill anybody, anywhere, at any time. There's a character in that book that's a supervillain made out of feces. He's yeah. made out of the combined shit of, like, the Hill of Golgotha. Like, parts of him are Hitler's shit. Parts of him are uh, Charles Manson's shit. Like, he's a giant, he's, you know, like Clayface, but he's made out of shit. It's the Golgothan from Dogma. It's disgusting. Jeez. Fucking Wesley Gibbons is trying to figure out how to kill the guy. He fucking, like, comes out, like, shows up on the panel and goes like this and pops two caps and he's holding two big-ass bottles of bleach. Well, yeah, there you go. Like, he's Like, the character's a genius. There are great fucking crazy things in that comic. And none of it is in the movie because there's no fucking supervillains in that movie. There's a Red Skull version, like, uh, Mr. Rictus. It's kind of this old, like, skull-looking character who's basically the main bad guy who's, you know, what, like, 1% of Mr. Rictus is what Morgan Freeman was able to work with. They didn't let him work with shit. In the, in the, in the storyline, the villains pop around from universe to universe killing superheroes because they killed all the heroes on their world and took over, and so they're bored. That's what the whole point of Wanted is. Wesley Gibbons yeah, is a supervillain. It's yeah, fucking that's, awesome. That's... That's definitely not the wanted I saw yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's not the movie you saw. There's a sequence where Rictus shoots. They're walking out of a place where they took out a bad guy, another bad guy, because he got in their way. They're getting ready to teleport home, and they see a family of three walking down the street. And Victor Rictus shoots the fucking two parents, or has his buddies do it. And so there's a kid sitting there crying over their corpses. And they're like, hey, you want us to kill the kid? He's like, nah, let him grow up and hate me for 20 years. Give me something to look forward to in my old age, someone to really fight. Like, he tries to create his own fucking arch nemesis by murdering people's parents. Like, it's fucking crazy. None of that got into the movie because Hollywood was like, oh, you know what? That superhero bubble, it's going to burst. And this is pre-Avengers, people. Like, this is pre-fucking, you know, Caps and Thor. They're like, you know what? Uh, we, it's, it's not going to work. The superhero bubble is going to burst, and no more superhero movies are going to make any money. So we just better turn it into an action film. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. then, suddenly, the bubble just keeps on going. Yep. But, you know, as it stands, no, nobody raped my childhood. The director of Wanted, you know, uh, it's the it's the weird Russian name, the guy that did Daylight, or Daywatch and Nightwatch. I can never remember his name because it's so hard to say. But I never he, saw that. He made a beautiful film. Wanted is a beautiful film. And, you know, there's some great acting, there's some awesome action sequences, it just really had nothing to do with the comic. But at the same time, they didn't rape my childhood. I have the hardcover comic of fucking Wanted in my, on my shelf. I can go read it anytime I want. And that story is still fucking spectacular. Just in my head, when I think about the movie Wanted, I just call it Assassins. Because it's yeah. not the movie Wanted. <laughs> and that'll basically, what the Ninja Turtle movie, that'll be how I think of it. It's like, no, it's not Ninja Turtle. It's it's just hulky. It's Hulk, Hulk. I, Michael Bay's Turtle Hulks. Yeah, cha -cha. basically. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> this might end up being fun, but yeah, it's... It's not still not... Ninja Turtles, but, you know, for some kids that are going to go see it in the theater, that's going to be their Ninja Turtles. 
Yeah, I've been right. Hopefully, you'll enjoy watching good cartoons, but you know. Well, in, in my playroom, I have the 1984 turtles and I've or 1987 turtles, and I've totally been playing that a lot these days. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, hey, watch this instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we I think we covered your news of the week very thoroughly. I think so. I think we got 40 minutes of, of talking about my news of the week. Did you, want, did you have news of the week? Did you, did, I, was I did a- have news of the week. I did have news of the week because uh, a, a lot of people are now being brought in to enjoy the genius of a man that I've enjoyed uh, since elementary school when I did one of his songs at a talent show where I put on a little bathrobe and put my knees in some slippers and I sang Y-O-D-A Yoda by Weird Al Yankovic. Yay. Yeah, I was a weird kid too. Um, With with the launch of Mandatory Fun, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, new CD, he has done a very cool social media thing where he got basically a different website or, you know, company or whatever to back a video and do eight different videos on eight different days. And so he's been doing, you know, a video a day since the launch on, I think it was Tuesday, and so, like, uh, Yahoo backed one, and, you know, uh, Funny or Die, I think, backed one. Nerdist backed one. And so, basically, they paid for the production. He did the video. His video brings people to their websites, and then it's all, you know, hopefully promotion to get people to go buy the album on uh, iTunes, Amazon, wherever. And I think it was on sale this week, too. I'm not sure. But, yeah, he's done a... We got a Handy, based on Fancy. We got a Foil, based on Lord's Royal. Uh, we got the sports song, or the sports team song, which is funny as hell. And my own personal favorite, um, oh, it's a, it's the word song. Now I can't think of the title. God damn it. It's, it's oh, Word Crimes. It's based on uh, Blurred Lines. And it's, um, I did on, uh, on Bacchus Best Ray TG, and I did an article about um, CM Punk did the Grammar Slam. Like, there, there, and there. You, you, your, your, and your, yeah. and how to how to differentiate those. Um, take the ideas behind that and all the people that are kind of grammar Nazis on the internet and turn it into a five-minute song about how fucked up people's grammar is online, and that is Word Crimes by Weird Al Yankovic. It's, I think, the best written song since uh, Eminem just did Rap God, where there's a point where he does like 127 words in like 27 seconds or something. Something crazy. Oh, God, I forgot about that song. Yeah. That's an, an epic, you know, amazing writing, great song. But, yeah, uh, Word Crimes by Weird Al, it, it's of that level. It's, it's fucking spectacular. So, yeah, anybody that hasn't seen those, I mean, just literally go on YouTube, anywhere, just Google Weird Al Yankovic. There's uh, just a stack of new videos. Oh, and uh, he did, um, oh, what was the other one? It's, he wears a blonde douchebag wig, and it's called First World Problems. And it's a guy complaining like, like shit, like my house is so big I can't get Wi-Fi in my kitchen. Like, There's it, also uh, Tacky, which is oh of Tacky, Ford. yeah. And that the video to Tacky is fucking spectacular. Bunch of oh. guest appearances. I actually just watched uh, the video he did a uh, Tacky on um uh, uh the Conan O'Brien show, where he mm-hmm. actually started in the makeup room, and like was singing the song as he walked through the building. To make it kind nice. of look like a video, it, it was awesome. But yeah, um, I love good stuff. Love Weird Al. 
Like I, there are people who I who I know who are just like, eh, Weird Al. You know, I kind of like MC Chris. I think it's MC Chris more. I'm like, Weird MC Chris exists because of Weird Al. Like these yeah. parody artists exist because of Weird Al. You don't understand. <laughs> Without Weird Al, we wouldn't have these parody artists that we have now. Yeah, and it's funny too. Yeah, people's like, oh, he's just a goofy guy. One, he's like, it was brought up on a, a, the Fox, one of the, they interviewed him on Fox, one of the weird news shows. Some guy was basically trying to give him shit, weird out, just kind of verbally smacked him down a couple of times. But the guy has a degree in architecture. The guy's been doing what he does for 40 years now. Like, I think it was the late 70s is when he really started with, like, his, his, his influences were like, you know, the Dr. Demento show and stuff, old radio shows. And so he was basically this weird kid who was super smart and really liked music and would hear a song and would get an idea. It was like, oh, if I change this word and that word, that'd be really funny, and then could rewrite the entire song. This guy's been doing it for 40 years. Nobody does parody at this point without having Weird Al as a reference, I don't think. If there's anybody parodying anything out there, even if they don't know it, they're probably being they're probably referencing Weird Al because he's been doing it longer than anybody, and he's just so damn good. The guy's lyrically a genius. He can write in any style. He can sing any style of song. And his band can play anything ever, basically. They're, they're fucking spectacular. If you've never listened to a Weird Al album, I just go. I don't know if he's actually on Spotify, but yeah, go on Spotify or Pandora or whatever. Type in Weird Al and just listen to like three random songs. And I guarantee you, you will be fucking amazed by the sheer level of talent this guy and the people he works with has. If you've never seen him live, I highly recommend it. He's an amazing live performer as well. I think he came through Boise once when I was a kid, and I couldn't afford to go. And I think it's the only time he's been here. And so it's it's one of those instances where I hate living in a tiny-ass state that nobody ever visits. It's His his live show is like it's, it's just as insane as you think it would be. It's It's fantastic. I love it. Um, I, I, you know, I, there are so many people out there that I wish would just realize how influential Weird Al has been on their lives because I'm sure that they just don't even realize it. Oh uh, yeah, and the the upside is that a lot of comedians know exactly how influential he is. Like people like Chris Hardwick when he had he had him on the Nerdist like years ago. I'm listening to the the Nerdist podcast from the beginning. So, like, on episode 90 or something, he had Weird Al on and just basically told him how influential Weird Al was for him as a kid. Just listening to, it's like, this is someone being goofy, but it's his career. And that was the other thing, too. Uh, Weird Al mentioned it in the interview. Um, This is the last of his 14-album deal. So he's been under contract with Columbia for, like, 32 years. So this is a guy that signed, you want to talk about a major, you know, album deal? Holy shit. They basically signed him for what would be most people's lives. He's pumped out 14 albums in 30 years. So now, moving forward, we're going to get to see a Weird Al Yankovic that if he's got 50 grand in a camera and he hears a funny, he hears a song that he thinks he can make funny, we might have a video that week. There'll be yep. no waiting for the album, no more turnaround. He's talked about it. His songs are, you know, they're usually, you know, part of pop culture. It's a reference to something that's happening at the moment. But when he has to wait to get 12 of them together. Sometimes by the time the album comes out, four or five of those songs are no longer really relevant. And so I'm super excited to see what he's going to do from this point forward. Where you know he can have you know he can grab a GoPro and four buddies and shoot a fucking video on the weekend, and we might get a Weird Al Yankovic song 
on Friday that's referencing a song that came out on Monday. Like, it could be fucking spectacular. I, I'm super excited to see what he does going forward. I'm I'm really excited. I have Weird Al, like, I, the man himself, like, if you've never listened to an interview with him, if you've never, if you've never actually listened to him outside of his music, he is so interesting. He's a sincerely interesting person to listen to. He has, he's just absolutely, like, he's so smart, you know? And, and you, you would think the guy who wrote the song Fat wouldn't be that smart, but he's actually... Yeah. A lot, that's, I think that's the problem. Is that a lot of the stuff that he does seems dumb, because yeah. it's like, oh, he turned Beta into Eat It. Anybody could do yeah. that. It's like, well, no, he took a Michael Jackson song and rewrote roughly ninety percent of the lyrics so that it perfectly matches with the flow and tempo of a Michael Jackson song, and then learned new dance moves to do to match a Michael Jackson song, and like, especially like with Fat for Bad. He did it in a fat suit too. The guy's super fucking talented. <laughs> I mean, they don't, and I, I don't think people realize how much work actually goes into one of those songs, and how much, how much it takes, you know. And they're like, "Oh, he's just an accordion player." It's like, do you know what it takes to play the accordion? It's a fucking oh, pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, when he does his uh, his his uh, polka for the year, where it's a mix, where he'll do a polka version of, like, ten popular songs. It's it's spectacular. Yeah, anybody that thinks you can do it, go write a parody song. Right now, pick any song on the radio, change the title of it, and then try to write lyrics that completely match the chorus, all the verses, and make it to where it's something that someone could actually sing. And I'll bet you it'll take you at least a week, and you might have something that's possibly good. If Weird Al Yankovic does the same thing, he's going to have a chart-topping song. That's the other thing that's amazing right now is apparently he's fighting for the number one spot with Jason Mraz, and sadly, over 14 albums, fucking weird guy Yankovic has never been number one on Billboard. Which, you know, he's a parody guy, of course. It's kind of expected. But yeah, go out and buy that album, people. What was that? I thought White and Nerdy did. No, I guess I'm White and Nerdy if I remember I topped at number four. Oh, okay. I loved White and Nerdy. It was one of his biggest hits, yeah. We just watched the video on YouTube again the other day when we had a bunch of friends over Friday night. We were watching Weird Al videos on YouTube, and yeah, White and Nerdy's spectacular. My favorite is still uh, The Saga Begins. He took uh, American Pie and turned it into the Jedi song, and that one in the video, he's dressed up as Obi-Wan with the, like, the Jedi braid. It's it's spectacular. But yeah, Weird Al's out there and still kicking ass people. You can't stop him. But what you should do is go enjoy some of his videos... Download his album. He's I really, I just want like if I ever met him, I just like I just want to give you a high five. Like I've got literally nothing to say to him because I just be staring <laughs> at him in awe. Like nice. you are standing here, you're just like glowing. Are you glowing? I think you're glowing. Like <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think I'd have a ton of questions for him just because I, I I love the guy so much. And yeah, and I grew up with it. I had you know I think his first eight albums on cassette when I was in junior high. Like, that was the weird shit I was in my room listening to by myself was Weird Al albums over and over again. Yep, like, I, I had on cassette tape. Oh, yeah, yeah. like you were saying, yeah, if people do want to check out uh, just listening to him, um, like I said, he was on some of the earlier episodes, one of the early episodes of The Nerdist. I believe he's been back on there once or twice. 
So if you go on iTunes and check through the other three, four hundred episode catalog, he's on there a couple of times. Those interviews are great because it's an hour of him and you know Chris Hardwick just nerding out on each other. And um, he was actually just on uh, Doug Loves Movies, I believe, two episodes ago, two or three. Uh, it's a really recent episode because it was the it was the same week that Doug's new album, Forced Fun, was coming out on Tuesday. They were like they were doing the Douglas movies the weekend before, and so he released Force Fun, and Weird Al Yankovic released Mandatory Fun. So oh, apparently, fun. everybody's gonna have fun whether they like it or not. Yes. <laughs> well, we should probably start wrapping up. Uh, Very we're true. looking at that time. Um, as much as we could probably keep going on about how much awesomeness Weird Al is. That's true. <laughs> we could probably do a three-hour podcast on how cool Weird Al is. But instead, but yeah, it's been almost an hour. We're an hour late anyways. What have you been getting into, Naki? Um, I have been coloring a lot. Uh, I know this sounds like really weird. Uh, my stress release is getting coloring books and crayons and sitting and coloring. Um, this week has been what we would call a stressful week. Um, to put it in very mild terms, it's just been one of those weeks. So I've been coloring the shit out of a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle coloring book. I also have a Lisa Frank one. A Batman one that I'm really disappointed in. Like, it's all, like, Batman characters, but there's there's Batman, the Penguin, uh, there's one picture of Robin, um, and, like, this was a $5 one, so I'm talking, like, this is a thick, this is a thick coloring book. There's no Catwoman, there's no Carly Quinn, there's no Batwing. We've got Man-Bat. Um, there's no Batgirl, there's no female characters, there's no characters of color, it's all Batman and, like, Joker, and that's about it. I was really disappointed, because I was like, ooh, a Batman coloring book, and it's only five bucks, yay, and then, oh. Um, and then I also got a Disney Princesses one, because I like, um. (laughs) (laughs) Which I also laughed at the other day, Disney owns Marvel. Marvel owns Thor. Thor is now a girl. Thor is also a prince of Asgard. Therefore, Thor is a Disney princess. Yes. I get to get Thor in my Disney princess's coloring book soon, along with Princess Leia. Which, so which actually just really lowers, like, you know, the level of badass of all the other princesses. Because none of the rest of them bitches are Thor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, technically, I would I would still put Tony Stark as a princess. He's so princessy. So <laughs> Tony Stark would also be a Disney princess. Anyways, um, Tony Stark doesn't have any royal blood. No, but he's just so princessy. <laughs> just because he's princessy, I, I yeah. think there's some qualifications. <laughs> I mean, technically, technically, like. Um, well, I don't know. Never mind. That's a whole other discussion. Um, on top of Fair that, um, last night we went uh, we went to our friend Ryan's house, who you all know as our frequent guest host, and we watched Godzilla: Final Wars. Um, which, if you haven't watched that one, that one's fantastic. Um, also. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I basically just been working school. Um, I'm almost, I just finished uh, Ghost Story of the Dresden Files universe, so I'm now in cold days. 
Um, if you are a Dresden fan, I still have not yet recovered from changes. If you're not a Dresden fan, you should become one, especially if you liked Harry Potter. It's kind of like adult Harry Potter. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I got. What are you getting into, Anthony? Uh, lots of Wildstar. We actually completed our first dungeon run of Kelvarath last night. Um, unlike a lot of you know the crazy gamers, uh, the people that you know shot up to fifty and they're insane and they apparently don't have jobs or lives or anything outside of playing an MMO um, because there is a there is a, a raid group that already downed the last boss of the twenty man raid at the end of Wildstar already, and the game's only been out for I think six weeks. So yeah, that's about right. Yeah, some people are insane. But now, me and my buddies, uh, the four of us went into a dungeon run last night. We actually scheduled it because it's just the four of us in our guild. It's a very small guild. It's just me and my friends here in Boise. And uh, we went into a dungeon run. Sadly, our buddy had to leave to go be DD for his wife. And while he was gone, uh, the dungeon finder, you know, of course, replaced the character that left. And we actually finished the dungeon for the very first time. So he missed out on the mad loops. But that was fun. So now we know we for a fact we can beat it. So... Now we'll have to beat it a couple more times and try to get some get some crazy loots. Uh, still coloring geek. I'm past the halfway point, so I feel so much better now. I'm not as stressed. I'm just trying to get faster and get that sucker done as quick as I can. Get it out. Yeah. So we can get it to print. Get it out there. Here we can see what I've been going crazy on. Uh, and then uh, Friday was payday, which means it was comic book day. Uh, sadly, I you know went through my stack and started reading stuff. So far, I've only been able to read these three. Um, Amazing X-Men are fighting an entire town of Wendigos in Canada because shit's gone crazy, and if you eat human flesh, you become a Wendigo. Well, there's something happening. Yeah, a whole town got fed basically a person. So that's awesome. And that, uh, spoilers, at the end of this issue, one of the X-Men becomes a Wendigo. Uh, Original Sin Nova 19 is awesome. Uh, Sam Alexander's coming coming along to the idea that maybe his dad isn't quite a hero, and might actually be more of a douchebag. So that's kind of cool. Original Sin is still going. It's very strange. Uh, Lots of fanboys are mad about the idea that Nick Fury has been basically the world's galactic guardian for 40 years that we didn't know about, and been committing like murders and atrocities that nobody was aware of, and that he's actually like a 70-year-old man now who's been hiding on like a moon base and that every Nick Fury everybody knows are all highly advanced LMDs. Because uh, in the end of, I think it's issue four of this, they show Bucky kill Nick Fury. He was killing the LMD that everybody actually thought was Nick Fury. And now the a lot of the Avengers and the other Marvel heroes have met the real Nick Fury, and they're kind of wrapping their head around the idea that he's a 70-year-old man. It's kind of weird. Uh, I have my stack, too, that I haven't got to read yet, but some craziness. Uh, 100th Anniversary Spider-Man, Venom Kingpin. So, that looks crazy. My boy Miguel O'Hara, like I said, is back. Not only did I get this cover, because I don't do variant covers too often, because it's usually just a waste of money, but with Miguel coming back, my store offered uh, some cool offers, so I went ahead and got all of them. So the J. Scott Campbell, which if you notice the background... You add it to the other ones that he did for Superior Spider-Man and a couple other books, and it's basically, I think, four panels wide now. Then you got the the super pretty uh, uh, Kirk Leonardi. I think it's Kirk. Uh, the original artist on Spider-Man 2099. He got to do a, a spiffy color. And then, of course, it was all just really so I could get the Scotty yeah. Young. Little chibi baby Miguel O'Hara in the chibi Spider-Man death outfit. <laughs> 
And a couple cute? other books. Yeah, it is cute. All the other submarines, spider foes, uh, Wolverine still on his way to die, uh, X Factor, Murder Incorporated, and then at the very bottom of my stack, so it'll be the last one I read because I'm really not too enthused, but I did say I would check it out. My shop got me the nice cool cover, but Grayson number one. So it's now Dick Grayson as basically like a super spy. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first issue, give it a shot. I own every single Nightwing comic since number one with Scott McDaniel, and I just I don't know. If I end up not liking it, I will be down to only one book with DC and that'll be Batman by Capullo and Snyder. I don't even have that anymore. I'm waiting for this fucking thing to be over. Yeah, the, um, the, the year zero thing. I was loving it six months in, and even I have to say that, like the last issue, it looked like it was the finale, and it was the start of the finale. It's like, yeah. why the fuck is that two issues, Snyder? Jesus Christ! I was listening like, to a podcast. They were comparing the old uh, FF stories where, like, Galactus arrived in two issues, and like the Korean Skull War took four issues. It's like it used to be that like so much stuff would happen in the course of a comic book over two to four issues, that now it would be a 12-month-long story that they've decompressed comics so much. I blame Ben. Right. It, it's just... Boyfriend and I were actually just having this conversation that, like, we'll, we get really into series, but the only reason that we have to keep picking them up is because they've... They're, the stories are so stretched out. Yeah, a lot of them, they've gone a lot... They've gone really crazy. Nothing really happens in each comic book now, and it's hard to stay, you know, focused on it. I dropped Batman Year Zero, or Zero Year, um, I think three issues in. I was just like, I'm, I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah, and this, I, I think I'm just getting it for Capullo's artwork. I was always a fan of Capullo, but I never really liked Spawn. I did, Spawn's okay, just, you know, wasn't really my storyline. But I fucking love watching that guy draw Batman. I'm, I'm honestly getting the book at this point. Just if I'm just looking at the pretty pictures. Okay, that's worth four bucks. He's he's a he's a fantastic artist, but I don't, you know, it's just I I have other things to read. I I if I go five weeks without buying my comic books, it's fifty bucks. Yeah. So, Shit. It's, I go five weeks without buying my comic books. That's three hundred dollars. Yeah. So. <laughs> I drop a hundred bucks every payday. I have I have. Basically, I've narrowed down my reading list so much because, first off, not a lot happens in each comic book. I, I don't even care that much. I'm just wanting, I just want the trades because I just, I don't want to, I don't want to p- keep picking this stuff up. Yeah. When nothing's happening. And and just so people know, if you want to, if if you're not a huge fan of the, of the stretched out long storylines like we're talking about with uh, Batman, a uh, little dude uh, named Peter David been writing X Factor for about forever. And something happens every damn issue. There's craziness, storyline, the new X-Factor run's about to hit a year, and all sorts of fucked up shit is happening. And Peter David has always been awesome. He never drags shit out. He tells you a story. He punches you in the face with it. And that same guy is the one, if you holler back to the 2099 days, is the one who created and is once again writing Spider-Man 2099. So, yeah. If you don't want decompressed comics, if you want some really good storyline that's going to move along, go pick you up something that's got the word Peter David on it. It'll, it'll work for you. So there's there's that. Um, Saga, I don't mind picking up every month. I mean, I've, I got a whole bunch of other things. I did get Grayson number one just to check it out, but I doubt I'll keep it. Like, I haven't... I, DC, I haven't kept a book in, in forever. 
Like I just I I just don't. Um, yeah, it's sad to say it's 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 funny because I think I blame a lot of it on the new Fifty Two, and it's not that they oh these aren't my characters anymore. It's the fact that they half soft reset their universe is what got me, because at the time I was picking up all the Green Lantern books, and when you look at the start of New Fifty Two, basically Kyle and Hal are in almost the exact same position. They just send Hal back Hal back to Earth, and he loses his job and his apartment. And then they keep changing whatever color Kyle's going to be for the week. And then they reset the the rest of the universe. Basically, it's like, oh, Superman's a totally different person. Wonder Woman's a totally different person. Everybody else is totally different people. Hal and Kyle are basically just exactly who they are. We're just going to change their outfits. That is what got me. It was like, oh, we don't have a story for these guys, so we're just going to not change them. Basically. Wow. Well, they just did Rebirth yeah. with, with Hal. They had just done Rebirth. There yeah. was no reason to reset him. Well, it, was, was it was no reason to reset their whole fucking universe, as far as I'm well, concerned. Yeah, but they didn't. I'm they not didn't. editorial, so yeah. Anyways, anyways. So, uh, if you want to hear more about Anthony and I ranting, I'm sure we'll we'll continue on this rant next week on ATGN podcast, where we will actually hopefully broadcast on time. Um, yeah. Well, I got the tech side stuff down, so if it's up to me next week, we will podcast on time. Hooray! See, Anthony's got this. I obviously don't. My YouTube account has been verified. I'm good to go. <laughs> uh, Chris, Chris obviously does, but you know he decided that he was going to go to work this morning and not pay attention to us because he's a jerk like that. Um, yeah, so boo on Chris's work. Boo. Um, outside of that, um, we'll be back next week Sunday with a all-new episode where you can tune in live at live.adtnpodcast.com. Uh, you can also listen to us on Gunna Geek. Uh, we might have some exciting news coming up on where else you'll be able to find us, maybe. I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, try and join us in the chat, you know, as long as our tech side goes well. We, we do have a chat room available for you to tune in with your two, two cents. It's kind of like being on a podcast then. Um, yeah, we will see you all next week at live.atgnpodcast.com and have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye. Like you said, yeah, it has happened before. It will happen again.